0: Welcome to Enter the Dark. I am your host, Father Ken, Dr. Ken, Archbishop Ken, whatever title you want to put. I got my wonderful brother co host, Dalton Harold, with me. And tonight, uh, we will be entering the dark. We will be entering the dark in the sense of the mindset of human beings who are evil, people who are bad, people who try to cause destruction in the paranormal field. Uh, Dalton and I have had many experiences, and uh, we've been hurt so many times. And I think it's about time that maybe we let our audience know the things that we've suffered, the things we've gone through, and uh, we'll be really careful with some of the names. But hey, if uh, you are part of any of these organizations that we mentioned, and you're listening to the show, obviously, because you're a good friend of mine, and it's got nothing to do with you, but it's just certain people. So Dalton, what's up, brother? How you doing, man?
1: Oh, not much. Just uh, getting back home. That's why I was running a little bit late there, man.
0: Uh, uh- after. He was at Walmart. You were at Walmart. He was at Walmart again. <laughs> yeah,
1: I actually was. I actually was. I had to go do a little shopping. I left two hours early, um, two hours before the show, and then on my way home it was like thirty minutes and traffic was terrible, and got home just in time.
0: Okay, good, good, good. So hey, you know this is the question that um, you know, that that I always get asked, or maybe you get asked, and and for me it's like you know what is a paranormal investigator. And, and, and what is a ghost hunter? What are your thoughts on that, man?
1: Well, I separate the two. Um, paranormal investigator, I feel like they're more professional in the way that they investigate. Whereas a ghost hunter, you know, they're going in, they're expecting to capture evidence. And I, and I say evidence because they'll think that anything's evidence. I mean, yeah. orbs, you know, the slightest little breeze of air, slightest temperature change. Uh, They'll look at that as paranormal without even trying to debunk it. And I mean, you know, that's in my experience. But if anyone ever calls me a ghost hunter, you know, I don't get offended by a lot. But that does kind of offend me, you know, because (laughs) that's basically saying, oh, well, you're an amateur. Uh, And it it bothers me because I know the difference between a ghost hunter and a paranormal investigator. And a paranormal investigator is someone who wants to actually help people and, and should go by the scientific process, um, or the scientific method rather, um, whereas ghost hunters, again, they just don't, they want to go in and film anything and everything that could be remotely paranormal.
0: Yeah, no, I agree, and, and, and I do think too that there are some ghost hunters out there that, you know, I do think that sometimes they get the concept right, and, and they try to debunk it, but their thing is just capturing evidence, and, and that's all they do, and and for me, you know, obviously that is a ghost hunter, you know, capturing evidence, and you know, in the sense, not really finding a resolution for the pl- uh, for the client or the property. And once again, you know, there are a lot of people that I know that are ghost hunters that are good people. They just have a different way uh, of doing it, and and that's okay. But for me, I, I consider myself a paranormal investigator, a researcher. You know, a paranormal investigator is a person that goes above and beyond, and that's always trying to find every possible thing to debunk. To analyze the this to analyze the situation and to try to say, hey, you know what? You've got nothing supernatural going on. It's natural. It is your mindset. It is self manifestation. It is uh, you know uh, you're having a psychotic breakdown. Uh, you have schizophrenia, that type of stuff. And and with us, you know, with the foundation, you know, we I think we do it really well because we've got so many people that have different years of experience and different backgrounds. That for us, it just it just fits. It it makes sense, you know. And and you know, ghost hunting. If that's what you want to do, hey, that's cool. You know, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. But if 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 you're the one that's going out and trying to debunking the stuff and you're getting evidence, and the most important thing is finding a resolution, then I guess you could call yourself a paranormal investigator or researcher. Because I think that is the only difference. I, I well, I think that is the major difference is. The, the problem of, of conflict resolution if you can find a resolution to the conflict the who what when where why and how and, and provide some and provide some self of, of, uh, of integrity to help the client out then I think you're okay in my book
1: <laughs> well you know there there's a I guess I can put this in simple terms I guess um, the way that I would differentiate and and this isn't you know uh, one of them things that is, it's always this way, but it's, you know, kind of a common thing for me in what I've noticed that most ghost hunters are going to be the ones that are paying, you know, three to 800 bucks to investigate um, a location and paranormal investigators do that too. But in my experience in working with investigators and knowing ghost hunters, Investigators, they're more keen to going to residential locations um, yep. to help a client, whereas a ghost hunter is doing it for the thrill. And don't get me wrong, there is a thrill to it, regardless of if you consider yourself a ghost hunter or a paranormal investigator. I yep. can't deny that. But yep. if if you're willing to pay money for that, and you know you're going into a known haunted location to hunt ghosts, you know you're a ghost hunter. You know. Yeah. Uh, where, whereas if if you're wanting to help a client. You know, again, you're a paranormal investigator. That's that's how that's that's what I would consider it. Um,
0: yeah, I mean, it's it's and it's you know, for me, it's it's kind of like that, the zoo like mentality, right? You know, hey, if you want to pay three four hundred bucks to go into an abandoned location, or, for example, you want to go to the Conjuring House and pay money to investigate, then obviously you're probably going to find something because, even and here's my experience, here's here's my thought, especially with the Conjuring House, especially with the Conjuring House. I do think that maybe at one point in time there, the energy was gone, but because it's such a known location and that everyone goes there and they repetitiously investigate and they repetitiously uh, do incantations and they repetitiously invoke these energies, I think it's going to manifest itself again. Like, Hey, you know what? I'm back home. So I think you're always going to find something. And, and to me, that's kind of like uh, a zoo in a circus, you know, a zoo type of thing where you go, you pay, you watch the animals or, and even the circus you you watch a lion or a tiger perform jump through hoops and i I think that's what a lot of the ghost hunting is it it really is especially when you go to these locations so i mean that's just an opinion
1: well you 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 brought up that um you know you believe that at one point the energy there was gone or whatever was haunting the conjuring house was gone yeah Would that and i've got to be very careful with this word because it's offended someone specific in the past uh egregore um you know who I'm talking about, Ken?
0: Yeah, I know you're talking about. Yeah.
1: Egregore. Yeah. Uh, w- w- would you consider that to be that possibly?
0: Well, yeah. I mean, I think it could be an egregore. I mean, and, and if anyone doesn't know, could you give everybody an example of what exactly an egregore is?
1: So, so the belief behind an egregore is that if you believe hard enough on something, on, on a being that may or may not exist, well, in this case, we'll say it doesn't exist or hasn't existed in a long period of time or what have you, if you believe hard enough, you're going to manifest whatever it is that, you know, you're wanting to manifest, you know, um, now, now I have, you know, a a issue with that. I I get the thought behind that, of course, um, I'm a very physical person, you know, whenever it comes to the paranormal, you know, I, I really pick up on the physical things and, and that's what really blows my mind about things. But, um, My argument to that is that, you know, if millions of people believe in something, that would give it more energy to its name, giving it more power to manifest itself, to become real. Am I correct in that?
0: Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, I agree, uh, you know, and and, okay. and I, think, I think it can be, reverting back to your question, I think it can be a, a combination of both. I mean, what's not to say that it's not the egregore mentality, but at the same time with that egregore mentality – now this self manifestation of thought and idea has now is now an interlude or a prelude to more energies that are not egregores to come in. I mean what do you yeah, think about so, that?
1: Well you know here's the thing if, if more and more people believe in it, we'll say millions of people believe in it um, yeah. And this was brought up on a show, you know the the Warren files before yeah. Um, If millions of people believed in something, that would give it even more power to manifest, to become real, because it is real in people's minds. My argument to that is Santa Claus. There There are billions of kids out there that believe in Santa Claus. What? I did whenever I was a kid. I'm sure you did, too, Ken.
0: I, I still but. believe in Santa Claus. What are you talking about? Come on, dude.
1: <laughs> oh, man, I shouldn't have told you. Santa Claus is real,
0: Dude, oh, come man. on, man. I still, live in the, I still believe in the Easter Bunny. Come on, man. <laughs> I <laughs> want my Cadbury egg chocolates. Come on. <laughs> oh, man.
1: Yeah, those are great. But, you know, that, that's kind of my argument for that. And maybe I'm looking at this the wrong way, but, you know, if egregores were real, if they existed, um, if that was possible, I just feel like Santa Claus would exist. But yeah, you could well, also look at it as, you know, Bigfoot as well. You know, even if Bigfoot didn't exist, he does now because so many people believe in it, yeah. um, you know, but I, I understand it, but I can also argue against it if you if you understand what I'm saying here.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, to be honest with you, though, Santa Claus did exist. Old St. Nick really was a person who would give, uh, you know, Christmas presents to the kids yeah. in need. And, and I think that. You know that personification of him, you know, it's just manifested into something that's supernatural and in, in, in nature. You know I think we all love the idea of you know this magic guy you know riding on reindeers and giving us uh, giving us gifts. I mean it's a, it's a beautiful thought, you know and and what I want to say too is that you know I, I don't want to offend anybody with the the whole ghost hunter thing, you know what I mean I, I don't want to don't want to make it seem like it's a derogatory term, but I, don't consider myself one and and i've seen a lot of amateur ghost hunters who go out there and they do these things and they manifest these things and then that's it and then there's no resolution so come on now
1: <laughs> well uh let's see so uh, again back back to the ghost turn thing i just I've had really bad experiences being around people who consider themselves ghost hunters and have yeah. actually went into people's houses and they've really screwed with their lives, man. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I don't mean it to be a derogatory term. To me, it kind of is yeah. uh, just, just because of the experiences that I've had with people in the past and, and yeah. what I've seen these amateurs do, which yeah. I mean, there's amateur paranormal investigators, too. But, yeah. I mean, I just kind of associate that term with, yeah. you know, the people who really shouldn't be investigating. Because the vast majority of people who consider themselves paranormal or paranormal, well, not paranormal investigators, ghost hunters, they shouldn't be investigating. Now, there are some that are good. There are some that are amazing. There are some that are better than most paranormal investigators that I know. Yeah, and I can't believe I'm saying that, but there are.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, Well,
1: but but anyway, moving on to a different topic. Um, Ken, why, why, why do we as paranormal investigators? investigate the paranormal what drives us what is what is our driving force behind helping people you
0: know why do so so why do we do what we do for me i i think for me it has to do with the trying to understand and figuring out the unknown you know uh, being a true seeker of the supernatural and and trying to find and experience something that's out of this realm uh you know in the sense of I've had a lot of experiences growing up as a child. You know, I've had, you know, demonic infestations. I I've had the, you know, the the spiritual attacks. I've had the scratch marks. I've seen things levitate. I've seen things disappear. You know, I've even also had what I thought maybe was, you know, you know, a, a psychosis, you know, suffering from trauma. But for me, it's it's the knowing, the wanting to know, the wanting to know the unknown. That's why I do it. Yeah.
1: For for me, you know, I've always been a person who has wanted to help others. You know, it's just yeah. part of me, and you know that. Yeah. Um, and, and and that even whenever I was a kid, I would always like have these dream jobs, and those were always helping people. You know, I, I never, which of course, no kid wants to work in an office, but um, yeah. you know, some kids want to be astronauts, some kids want to be police officers. I did at one point, but yeah, um, you know. Every line, every field of work that I wanted to be in, you know, as a child um, was basically I was in a role to help people. You know, whether that be a police yep. officer or in the military or a doctor, um, I, I was actually a CNA at one point um, point. Yep. and I was also a security officer. Um, no. but, but pretty much every line of work that I've done, and even the lines of work that I haven't done that I wanted to do. Have always revolved around helping people in, in in some form or fashion, you know, whether that be with their health or if they're in a situation that is uh, potentially dangerous to them. Um, you know, it's it's always been a line of work that I can help people with, and I feel like that's kind of carried over into what started as a hobby, which I guess you could kind of say turned into a, a job. I mean, yeah, it's obviously not a paying job, but. You know, it's a job nonetheless because it's something that I dedicate myself to and it's something that, you know, I feel like I have to do. I I do feel called to it. You know, I started doing this at 15 years old. Uh, How many teenagers 15 years old do you know who start investigating the paranormal?
0: Yeah. And, you know, you said something specific that, you know, was going to lead to the next question. You know, is this a hobby or is this a calling? You know, and for me, I I feel like this is a calling. Uh, Just like you said, you know, with me, me being in the military, working for the government, being a contractor, always helping people. Even for a while, I I had like a midlife crisis and I I decided to work at a restaurant and become a cook. And I was a head cook, you know, for like a year. And even then it was helping. I was feeding people. I was satisfying them. I was giving them what they wanted, providing a service for them. You know, and and I think for me, it's a life of servitude, which now, you know, obviously I'm clergy and, and I'm an assistant chief exorcist and I'm a chaplain. And, You know, I tell you what, though, this work can be really rewarding and it can also be exhausting. You know, there are many times when I wake up to my phone and I have seven, eight, ten different messages from different people. And, you know, and and as much and as much as sometimes I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is a lot. You know, I put myself in a space where, you know what, when I'm ready, I'm going to answer these questions because I want to make sure that I give everyone my full attention. And each person that messages me, I do my very best. To give them 100% of myself, I don't like half-assing it, because people trust you. You know, people have put a confidence in you; they've confided in you. And so, with the fact that people are coming out, reaching out to you, reaching out to me, to the foundation, you know, uh, through our website and all that stuff, it's a blessing. You know, and to me, this is a true calling. And although we're not millionaires, you know, the payment in itself is is the reward of satisfaction of helping people who honestly needed answers. You know. Yeah, for sure.
1: Uh, Well, you know, and and my my take on this is that, you know, for some, it may be a hobby for others. calling. Um, But I I think if, if you're going to go places, if you're going to go far, you know, if you're going to really put your life into this and you really want to go places and be successful, it has to be a calling. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's not something that you can just decide for yourself. That's something that, you're just going to have to be born with, I guess you could say. It's it's a call. It's something that you were meant to do. Some people aren't meant to do it, you know, and that doesn't mean that they can't do it. That just means that they're probably not going to go, you know, and, and be extremely successful. They're not going to,
0: yeah. you know,
1: be able to network with all these large teams and, and really get your name out there. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and, and that's really not even, you know, even if you wanted to be on TV, you know. Yeah. I don't really feel like you have to have a calling for, you know, paranormal investigator work. You know, maybe you're called to be an entertainer of some sort, but yeah, you, know, you pick the paranormal field to be that form of entertainment. And, you know, yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, I do feel like some of those people on those shows put out a lot of bad messages, which leads us into our next question yeah. of the major influences in the paranormal field.
0: I mean, obviously, you know, what my answer is, I mean, the oh, yeah. major imp- Obviously, you know, so for me, it was Eddie Lorraine Warren, and you know, also it was Ralph Sarchi. So I remember back in 1997, WPIX News, Channel 11 News in New York, growing up, they had uh, screened The Exorcist on TV. And so after The Exorcist show, they were doing an interview with Ralph Sarchi and Father Malachi Martin. Uh, and at that time, I remember experiencing things, and that's when I knew that there was something to this. So I, I you know, I started following Ralph Sarchi from a young kid. And you know, and and honestly, I learned about the Warrens maybe like uh, the segment after because they did some comparisons. And I remember specifically that episode, they were talking about Father Malachi Martin, Ralph Sarchi, and then we're talking about how he did his work with the Warrens. And boom, 1997. I think I'm maybe like nine, 10, 11 years old. And here I am in the paranormal because I've experienced the paranormal and they've always been an influence. Um, and so for me, you know, obviously it's the Warrens, it's Ralph Sarchi, uh, you know, it's father Malachi Martin. Um, I'm not gonna say anything about Holzer because I, I heard he was a douche to the Warrens anyway. So, uh, so who were your who was your influence?
1: Well, honestly, I mean, I'm in agreement with you. I mean, the Warrens for sure. Yeah. A a couple years after I started, you know, in the paranormal field, you know, of course I was 15 whenever I started, Uh, um, At 17 years old, I actually launched my first public event, Um, and that was basically a seminar. Um, And I I had some guys join me for that seminar uh, who were actually – they're called the Bama Boys. They're from here in Alabama, uh, from Huntsville, I believe. Um, But they were on Deep South Terminal TV show on, I believe, it was either the Sci-Fi Network or Travel Channel. Um, They actually agreed to come and be guest speakers for me.
0: What? That's awesome, which, dude.
1: It was crazy because, you know, 17-year-old me is networking with people who were on TV. Yeah. Um, you know, now, were, were they as big as some of the other names out there? No. But were they down-to-earth guys? Absolutely. And I have a huge respect for them, um, you know, because, I mean, they, they came out and did that for me, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah. They didn't want me to pay them, you know, they just said, hey, we'll come out there, we'll help you out, you know? And, nope. and the, I guess that was my first experience with other people in the paranormal field at at least in person experience yeah prior to that you know it was just over social media you know where i'd interact with other investigators but that was my first experience with networking and talking with other people who have been doing this much longer than i have and they had some really good experiences um and and they were dedicated to it i don't know if they're still active anymore i don't think they are um which is a shame because they were some good guys but uh Um. you know but going back to that seminar one of the main topics that I talked about was Ed and Lorraine Warren. Yeah, you know, 17 years old. You know, I, I was putting together a presentation for a room full of like 60 people. Who I'm sorry, I'm surprised I got that many. I mean, I only yeah. like tend to show up, but I got 60. <laughs> you know, I sold 60 tickets, uh, which, which was unbelievable. Um, but you know, probably half of my my seminar. You know, I discussed Ed and Lorraine Warren. You know how they met. And when they started doing work in the paranormal field and some of their cases and whatnot and discussed some of their books as well. Um, And, uh, you know, it was very interesting. It was uh, one of the first public events I ever did. Actually, it was the first public event that I ever did. And my God, I was nervous. But, uh, you know, I still got pictures of me up on stage.
0: That's awesome. And, you know, and it's funny because um, you know we go back to influences, and you know I think there definitely were some TV influences for me. Um, I will tell you what, though, uh, for me, what was the cream of the crop at the time was Ghost Hunters when they came out on Sci-Fi. Uh, Jason and and Jane uh, Jane Jay Grant, Jane and Grant, and 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 Steve Gonzalez. Uh, these guys came out, and they approached everything from a scientific standpoint, and I thought to myself, wow. You know, this is something that is really, really good, and, and I enjoyed it, and I watched all their seasons. I even applied to be on their team when they had the open cast calls, but, you know, I couldn't do it because I was a government contractor and there was no way that I was going to get time off. Nonetheless, um, but, you know, and then, you know, come to find out, uh, you know, some stuff I heard about what, you know, they had mentioned about the Warrens, but I will keep that hush-hush because we are affiliated with them uh, from our partner group, a person who is, but, you know, everyone has their own opinions and, you know, we're not saying that the warrants were perfect, you know, you know, uh, but they definitely were, you know, the, the, the spearhead, the tip of the spear when it came to, to the foundation, uh, when it came to the paranormal, which leads me to another question. That's not even on our lineup. The funny thing is that we are, you know, a major paranormal organization, but yet people don't want to be associated with us. I wonder what that is. What do you think?
1: I don't know, Ken. I don't know. No, no, I can't. I can't say it without just being nice. I mean, there's there's really no way that I can just let it rip. Just let it rip. Be professional. Well, I think that a lot of people join the foundation with the idea of wanting to be just associated and have that that Warren name. And I think there are also a lot of people that you know feel like maybe we're in it for money or for fame, and you know, neither one of those is true. But You know, there are people who join and, you know, for whatever reason, they don't work out um, and they don't like that. They don't like that or they or they were removed and they're resentful towards us. So they want to go out and
0: just bad. Yeah. Well, you know, or they want to. Yeah. And they want to go out and they want to go out and then they they, want to cast the pity show and they want to message Chris's uh, mother, Judy Sparrow, that, oh, these guys friended me. They were trolling me, which none of it was ever true, Darren. Owens, if you are listening, Darren Owens, we never we never meant to catfish you. I honestly, Darren, I I love you and I respected you. and, And the fact that you came back to the foundation and you tried causing drama with us, dude, that was not called for. I was supporting you, Darren. And, you know, I liked everything that you did. And, yeah, you didn't agree with the foundation. and That's okay. It's not for everyone. So but that's not to say that Darren Owens is a bad person. But, you know, he just has his his ways of doing things. And honestly, it was it was dramatic. It was dramatic. You know, yeah. same well, yeah, I-
1: you know, we we, we helped Darren, you know, yeah. And Darren helped us. And, you know, I thought we had a really good friendship going. Yeah. You know? And, yeah. and when, when he decided to leave, you know, that was on his own behalf. You know, nobody forced him to leave. He wanted to yeah. leave on his own because, you know, he just didn't share the same beliefs. He wasn't open minded like you would no. expect a psychic to be open minded yeah. and accepting of other beliefs and he just wasn't that. No, um, he wasn't. You know, and, and it, it turns out that he was full of more drama than he was worth. You know, that that was all that he really created. Yeah. And you, you know, know it, even outside the foundation, he still continues to cause drama. You know and,
0: and, and that's the thing. You can't you cannot call yourself, you know, you can't call yourself a Christian, a follower of Christ and be open minded and well, all it of a sudden it's a, 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 let alone a profit, and then you want to go ahead and badmouth other people or badmouth, you know, an ideology that you don't align with that you said that you agreed with in in the first place. It's like, come on, man. You know, he's, he look. You know, Darren is not a bad person. You know what I mean? He just has his ways, and I wish him the best of luck. And if you're listening, Darren, reach out to me, dude. Stop being dramatic and unblock me, and let's have a, an adult adult conversation. Come on, now. You know, same thing. You know, with uh, you know, Michelle. Michelle Roos from Riverside, Iowa Paranormal. Michelle Roos from Riverside, Iowa Paranormal, you know, has blocked uh, Dawson and I and most of us in the foundation because of a falling out that she had with Chris McKinnon. You know, and, and and the thing that pissed me off about that is that her and another director, who a former director, I'm not going to mention her name because she's actually still pretty sweet. And, yeah. and you, you know who I'm talking about. I, yeah. I won't mention her name because I still love her like a mom. But I'm hurt. I was hurt by the fact that, you know, I was dragged into a situation where I was told, don't say this to Chris. Don't, don't say this to Chris. And then I held it in for 30 days, almost a month, bro. It was eating me up. It was eating me inside. I couldn't, I couldn't hold it in anymore. So I said, Chris, like, I got to tell you something, man, this is what's going on. And Chris was like, yeah, you know, these things happen. And, and I may have said these things. And when he said that, cool. So then Chris in confidence told somebody else and then that mm-hmm. other person so uh, Catherine and then, you know, uh, Catherine called me up and we had a conversation and, you know, she's like, hey, sweetheart, you know, blah, blah, blah. That's fine. You know, we took care of it. We settled it. But it was Michelle Roos who then joined the call and was like, no, darling, you can't be part of the you can't be part of my team anymore. Riverside, Iowa Paranormal. No, no, no. Why? Because I called her out on her B.S. That's what it was. And her and her and her little henchman, Candy Slater, too. Oh, my gosh. She was the worst. Candy Slater tried taking over my page that I let them use, my page, the paranormal connection that I let them use, tried blocking people, tried removing me from my page, and I got an alert. And I'm like, look, and so now half of these people from Riverside, Iowa, paranormal, some of them I know that are good people, but Candy Slater and Derek Slater and Michelle Roos, come on, man. Y'all are just full of freaking drama, you know, and it it gets tiring. And you know what? And I'm calling you out to be accountable. Now, all of a sudden, you want to work with Chris's uh, cousin, John Zappis because you don't want to work with Chris, because you're looking for that paranormal fame, and it shows. No, not only that, I'm not even done. I'm not even done, because then they have the audacity to call our production company and try to badmouth Chris and the foundation and say, you can't work with him, blah, blah, blah. And our our production company was like, fuck you, excuse the French, the father's gonna curse, I don't have my collar on. He was like, screw you, you know? That's petty stuff, that is petty stuff. And so, you know, I, I just get tired of it, man. It just gets hard. Same thing with Alex Gaska. Alex Gaska was another foundation member with her and her boyfriend, Shane, gifted psychic, wonderful talent, wonderful talent. But she got upset and she got offended because I said that, you know, they're doing stupid stuff at the Conjuring house. When a few weeks before that, she was like, yeah, no, I agree with you. But then all of a sudden, she didn't agree with me. And she was friends with Corey and all that. Come on, man. That's BS. That's the stuff that now that we try to avoid in the foundation you know and these are people that are still going on behind <clears throat> our backs trying to talk bad about us and they think that they can get away with it so i'm calling you out i'm calling you out michelle i'm calling you out darren i'm calling you out alex i'm calling you out Derek and candy be accountable for your actions and be grown men you know why don't you unblock us from facebook and have a decent conversation come on dude you know what i'm saying boom well, done with that right?
1: <laughs> well i i haven't even gotten started but, but before i before i Take a few step backs to uh, Mr. Owens. I would like to say this. You know, if any of these people that we mentioned, if they want to come after us for slander, let them. Because yeah. we have the proof to back up everything that we say. And if you want to see it, you know, um, if, if you if you're asking me, hey, I want to see proof of this, you know, wh- whether you are the person who I'm talking about or if you're just listening and you want to see all the drama, you let me know. I'll send it to you. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll post it on Facebook, you know. Yeah. I'm not I'm not gonna hide it. I'm not gonna yeah. hide your bad behavior, immaturity. No. Uh um, no. but 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 anyway, back to Darren Owens, okay. So whenever whenever he left, you know, again, he left on his own behalf, okay? Yeah. We were good, yeah. we were good. And then all of a sudden he just blocks us. And then yeah. he adds us and then blocks us again. And then like six yeah. months later, adds us again and messages us. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I already know he's up to something. I know that yeah. this isn't a genuine friend request. He's trying to get information, and he was not very subtle in getting it. He was not yeah. least covert about it. It was
0: very well. Funny. You know. Well, and and and, and, and I d- I, I, you know, honestly here, and I'll, I'll interject for a second. I was giving him the benefit of the doubt, and and you know what? That's all I was doing. I was giving him the benefit of the doubt because, quite honestly, man, let's be honest, bro. You and I were both hurt. We've been hurt so much by all of these people, and then they're just out there still slandering and defaming us. It's like, oh, but you think it's cool? No, screw that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um. But 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 anyway, you know, Darren, he he, and I knew from the get go. Like whenever he readded me that third time. That this was not a genuine request. He wanted information, and I knew no. that. And but I just waited for signs to basically prove what I thought was true. And whenever it happened, I pretty much called him out on it. And then he wanted to play the victim, like I figured he would. Um, then he wanted to basically go and badmouth me and be like, "Oh, I can't believe you're saying this to me." And then he sent something to you, Kenneth, um, yeah. saying that I need to be more mature and that I need to take maturity classes or whatever maturity classes yeah. what the fuck is that <laughs> exactly First of all, mr owens i am 10 times the man you will ever fucking be
0: yeah, pretty you much drink. yeah i, I do you the have fa- a
1: problem with that
0: the father is forgiving That's on
1: you. you that yeah. is on you forgive me father for i have sinned
0: <laughs> it's all right brother <laughs>
1: but anyway mo- moving on from darren owens because he's no longer worth my time actually no i do want to say this one one last thing you know he basically said that that um, I'm just a little guy in the paranormal field. Okay. Well, last I checked, you have like 300 friends on Facebook and the only people that are liking your post is yourself. <laughs> wow. Try it again, buddy. Try yeah. it again. Yeah. Yeah. Moving on. Cause I don't want to talk. We, about
0: we, we, t- t- we told everybody, we told everybody, I warned everybody tonight, tonight, no one is safe. Yeah. And no one's it, safe. And forgive us, you know, honestly, uh, audience, we're not trying to be petty, and and don't take this as a sign of pettiness, but, you know, we've been hurt, and it's free speech, and we just want to get it out there on the reason why we are doing this show, why we do what we do, because there are many people out there who are really dark in nature, and they are not in this to help people. They are in this for themselves. They are in this because they want the paranormal celebrity. And and before you start, before you go on with the other rant, brother. Also, too, Chris McKinnell from the Warren Legacy Foundation is one of the best and the sweetest people that I ever know. He is my brother. I would lay my life down for him. He is a great guy. And you know what also pisses me off is that our counterparts, our counterparts are always brushing him off. I'm not going to say the name because that's family issue, but he needs to, he needs, he needs to be respected. And he also needs to – everyone needs to know that half of the cases that the Warrens were on, Chris McKinnell was on. Tony mm-hmm. Sparrow. Tony Sparrow is, uh, you know, he is the curator of the museum, and he's helped the Warrens, and I've got nothing bad to say about him, but I just wanna say is that Chris McKinnell has been on most of the cases. And it pains me, and it breaks my heart when there's all these paranormal conventions or these Warren cons, and no one ever tags Chris. Or, you know, someone says, we're not affiliated with the Warren Legacy Foundation. No, that's not what Lorraine wanted. I have the screenshots of Lorraine's Facebook that said, the Warren Legacy Foundation and Nesper are working together, and we should be working together. Simple yeah. as that. And if you want to go, yeah, I mean that's cool. I'll leave it at that. <laughs>
1: anyway, continuing on with my rant. So this is actually the first time I'm ever saying anything public about this since 2018. Even in 2018, I didn't say anything about this, but 2018 is when this happened. So that's been like four years ago. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so I'd actually helped, you know, a family um you know with with one of their issues you know i went in investigated for them you know helped them well you know they wanted to join the team okay all right no big deal yeah i'll think about it all right well you know after i kind of saw you know a little bit of their personality and everything and you know i felt comfortable with them you know after having some long conversations with them you know i decided hey you know we'll try it out we'll see how it works well first few months went great um and then i kind of started to notice little things yeah little things going behind my back and you know saying little things and um putting little seeds in people's minds about me and you know it just didn't really sit right but I let it go on for a while and and this was this was uh three people in particular um which led into uh about half of my team uh, which at the time was uh 10 people um yeah I'll never have that many people again but anyway um, so once issues started developing and I started to confront them, um, you know, it really went south. It it went south really quick. Um, You know, they immediately started attacking me whenever I was trying to have a calm, peaceful conversation. You know, they wanted to cuss me out and blame things on me and try and turn the tables on me, basically, and and flip the blame on me, Um, which, you know, I, I really wasn't mad i was more of just wondering why they did what they did you know yeah i've I no. been willing to you know talk things out of course they wouldn't have. they still wouldn't have been on the team i would have still kicked them off but yeah you know i, I would have still had some respect for them
0: um yeah
1: but you know anyway continuing on with the story things continued to progress and they started to basically harass me um calling through different numbers harassing me uh i actually threaten them uh, with, uh, you know, legal retaliation or whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah. Restraining orders, et cetera, because, I mean, they, they would not leave me alone. Uh, and I knew that if it continued, it was going to lead to something very bad. Well, Anyway, um, after some months had passed, I'd say probably eight. Um, I got a message from one of them. Um, and uh, let's see, I'm trying to remember their names. Yeah. Mike Turner and Christy Smith. Some of you may actually know them. They're not, they're not great people. They're not. They are the ones that I would consider ghost hunters. Um, but anyway, they actually started their own team just to spite me. And I actually read one of their messages to one of my former team members, who I'm still really good friends with, by the way. Um, you know, he's, he's another one of my brothers, one of my best friends. You know, I love him very much. Um, but he had actually received a message from them And Mike had said that he was pretty much making this team, which is Alabama Shadow Seekers. um, Very original name, by the way. There's like 20 other Shadow Seekers paranormal investigations out there. So very original on that. But anyway, um, basically what the message said was that he was creating this team to compete with me to destroy my team. To quote unquote put my team in the ground was the exact words that he said. (laughs) Um, How's that working out for you there, Mike? Mike.
0: <laughs> oh we're just going on with, tonight man
1: 2,700 likes yeah. and no posts since like six months ago and even then six months ago after that you didn't have posts for almost a year how's yeah. that going for you you've done like so many investigations but yet there's never any evidence of it you're freaking ghost hunters
0: <laughs> that's exactly what it is
1: you have and that's- absolutely no reason to be going into people's houses
0: yeah when, you know,
1: whenever you left before you even left i was still training you because you were not in any way shape or form ready you certainly yeah. weren't ready to lead a team
0: yeah yeah and and that goes back to that ghost hunter mentality i mean you know there are people out there that that think they're ready and they're not and, and you know and unfortunately and fortunately this happens a lot we we take many people under our wings and and we give them good resources. We give them almost a hundred years plus experience, you know, between all the members and the directors. And we offer this to them and, and, and they use it and then they take it and they leave. And that's what happens. And that's what happened to you. You, you were training somebody who you thought was going to be a a good asset, who was going to be able to help people. And then he went ahead and screwed you over. And that happens. That's not uncommon. It happens everywhere, every, uh, everywhere. Just like there is this one person, uh, who I'm friends with, I won't say his name. But he's always freaking complaining about the paranormal. He was on Ghost Adventures a couple of times and the guy is always and then every time I try to give him advice and say, Hey, why don't you come work with me at the foundation or start doing residential work? Completely ignores me. And then you know, he messaged me, I appreciate your advice, but you know, I, I'll stay in my own lane. But it's oh, like uh, on, <laughs> Yeah, you know, uh, you know who I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. I know he's talking
1: about. Yeah, yeah. Please, please do me a favor, quit inviting him to join the foundation.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I, had a, I actually had a conversation with, uh, with Michelle Millions a few weeks ago. You know, he's a good guy. He's an entertainer and, and, and you know, he's gone through a lot. And I, but it's like always, come on, stop complaining. Oh, and here's the thing. If you're going to sit here and complain that you're tired and exhausted of the paranormal field, then you're probably doing something wrong. You're probably not in it for the right reasons. Oh, you got your butt hurt because Ghost Adventures was in town and they didn't invite you. Come on. Uh, no, Les Paul. He is not a bishop. He is not even close to clergy. So, I'll just give I'll just give initials in yep. the in the chat box. Yep. Uh, <laughs>
1: you know the 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 paranormal field, and there there are a lot of good people in it. There are there are so yeah. many, but there are so many bad people. Even though it may be a smaller percentage, those wow. bad people, the 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 way that they carry themselves, the way that they present themselves, the things that they post, the things that they do, I just feel like that that shows a bit more than the good that the good people do. Yeah. You know, basically what I'm trying to say is that, you know, a percentage of the paranormal field is full of respectable yeah. beings who really want to help people. The yeah. other half is full of whiny little
0: bitches. Pretty much, pretty much. And, and you know, and I think with that, uh, we should probably go into the questions if I can find questions. This chat box is exploding, and I am trying to, to catch on, on
1: the questions.
0: Bring Please, on the questions. All right, let's questions. let's see. Uh let's see, Gremlins, Gremlins, I can hear. Uh, I don't see. Well, I mean, they call. I'd rather be called. Yeah. Gerald. Nah, nah, yeah, that's not him, uh, Les Paul, but <laughs> yeah. Uh another GS guy. Um, so King, you know, so King said, should be should the screening process be a little more strict? And the honest truth is, King, is that you know, we do the very best we can to to have a strict screening process we do a background check uh, we require our members now to do a one paragraph uh thesis or uh i guess um uh, intro on what they've done why they wanted the paranormal along with the background check and we require three reference checks and then they have an oral board interview with three directors and then the director uh, makes our recommendations whether or not they should be part of the foundation or not we still refer them to chris mckinnell Chris McKinnell, uh, has the ultimate say. So pretty much at least three questions up there. I'm trying to get to them over. I'm sorry. All these questions are just like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, what was Dalton's first paranormal experience? Uh,
1: I guess what really kind of drove me to wanting to do this work. I mean, goodness, I was probably 12 years old. Yeah. Um, you know, so this was, this was quite a long time ago, but, um, Anyway, you know, of course, you know, being 12 years old, I live with my parents um, yeah. and, and I would sleep in a room. Probably. I want to say it was two rooms down from where they slept. Um, and at about two in the morning, they heard a loud thud. Yeah, and It was me falling off the bed. Now, I've never done that in my entire life, even as a child. You know, I, ne- I never rolled off the bed, you know, um, that that was the only time that happened. But it happened. For three days for well for three nights, three or four nights it happened. Um the last night it actually knocked me unconscious because my stepdad came in there and picked me up and I was um, unconscious. Yeah. Um I'd actually hit my head on the bedside table and the next morning there was a huge knot on my head. I'm like, where did that come from? I said, Oh yeah, you fell off your bed last night and hit your head on the table. Oh <laughs> wonderful. Yeah. Um and, and then about a week later I had a college football football in a plexiglass case um, signed by the Alabama football team. Um, And it was pushed on a shelf. The shelf was probably about a foot and a half wide, um, like away from the wall. That's how far away it was from the wall. Um, And it actually, it was pushed all the way back against the wall. And one night it actually fell off. Now, I don't understand how that happened. Uh, To this day, I can't explain. I mean, there was no earthquake that happened that night nothing like that. It fell off and actually hit me dead in my chest. Like, point first, mm-hmm. that huge plexiglass case fell off and hit me in the chest. It actually left a pretty big bruise on my rib cage. Mm-hmm. Uh and, and then I kind of started questioning, do spirits exist? Do ghosts exist? Um, of course, there were other little things that had happened during that point. Me seeing things and hearing things. Obviously, those weren't as notable as, you know, the other activity that, that I just mentioned. Um, but you know, I started questioning things and wondering, OK, well, you know, is the paranormal world real? You know, does it exist? I've been told my entire life that ghosts and monsters don't exist. Well, what do you know? They are real. Uh, so, you know, although that may not be like a huge, crazy experience, that was my first experience or one of my first experiences. And, and that's pretty much what got me started in the paranormal field and, and wanting to investigate it. Basically, I wanted to find out for myself and get answers for myself. And once I had those answers, I'm like, okay, there's other people out there that are experiencing things as well. I wonder if I can help them. Of course, it was three years after I had that experience before I actually started investigating.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, since no one asked asked me about my first paranormal experience, I'll just go ahead and share it anyway. (laughs) Because I'm their favorite. Just because you're their favorite, it's all good. Well, you know, for me, I, I got into this field because, well, I, I got in at a very young age. Uh, when I was 12 years old, maybe, actually, maybe like 9 or 10 years old, I watched Legend with Tom Cruise with my dad. And Tim Curry was the devil in that movie. Uh, and at that time, I was already experiencing a lot of stuff. I had come from a magical family. My uh, grandmother was um, a high priestess in Santeria. So my first experience was uh, I was laying in bed and something pulled me from under you know from someone something pulled me under the bed and i told my dad it was tim curry that devil that played uh that played the devil in the movie uh with tom cruise in legend and he didn't believe it but we would when we looked at my arms i had scratch marks on my hand and that was when we knew that we were having issues um and then another one there too uh you know demonic influence in my house you know my sister uh was being influenced by the girl in a purple dress and a lot of stuff was happening. My dad was pushed down the stairs. Things were, things would caught on fire. Um, you know, there were crucifixes that were put inside crosses upside down with busted candles. Uh, my dog was found gutted, open and crucified in the backyard. So yeah, a lot of, a lot of crazy stuff that that's
1: definitely a more intense, insane and just scary Like, I can't imagine the emotions that you went through during that time. Uh, I mean, just hearing about that kind of puts a knot in your throat, you know, and I can only imagine how it felt for you, you know, during that time. I mean, I know that was scary.
0: It was was scary, you know, it was scary in a sense because one time my dad and I, we were downstairs, uh, you know, with uh, little sister on the street and we looked up at the window and there was a girl looking out the window and we're like, there should be no one upstairs. Uh, and so when my dad went to go check, he was literally tossed down the flight stairs. So I, his feet were picked up, and he was tossed down to the stairs, and we, uh, we had to take him to the hospital. Another time, we experienced the same thing, and he was going up the stairs inside the house. And my little sister had a tricycle, which she was using because we were back outside again because that was our thing during the summer. And so she had the spare tricycle upstairs. And so when we walked upstairs, this tricycle would have had to unlatch it all uh, hold if he the corner and, and just throw itself down the stairs, and that's exactly what happened. Um, and, and so honestly, man, when all that was said and done, um, you know, uh, we prayed for the house. We heard a scream. But it turns out that the people who were downstairs were actually active satanic worshipers. They used to live there before us. And the people that lived there before us were pedophiles. And when we moved out, we found a little closet space. And in that crawl space, there was pictures of naked children with dirty underwear. So. Yeah. So all of that stuff intensified because for one reason or another. And so that's freaking nuts. But, you know, here, here's the other question, though. Are all poltergeist self-manifested? Do what? Are all poltergeists self-manifested? That's from the king himself.
1: Uh, that's kind of a difficult answer.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, you know, and, and and for for me, I believe that they are. I believe that they are manifested. I believe that you know, a person can manifest them and that it is going to affect that person or that there. Um, I, I don't feel like a poster, a poltergeist will remain in a house after the family has left.
0: And, and this is my um,
1: personal belief. Others may have different beliefs. But, you know, just from my research and whatnot, I feel like if a family is dealing with a poltergeist, No matter where they go, that poltergeist is coming with them because that is its source of energy. That person has created that poltergeist. Now, I guess you could say in an extreme circumstance, when a poltergeist is so strong, it may be able to kind of separate from that individual or from that family and remain in a location. For a specific amount of time, you know, I don't really know what that amount of time would, but for a certain amount of time, I feel like it may remain in that location. But again, have you, can't have you, have
0: you, have you, have you seen have you seen the movie The Entity, brother? So The Entity is based on a real case uh, of a female that was experiencing a violent poltergeist haunting where she got sexually assaulted. Her kids were injured. And up until this day, she's in Texas. She's still experiencing this activity. So this one, this one is called The Entity. I'd really like to know what her real name is to see if she's still experiencing these things and try to reach out. But this has been going on for more than 30 years and it's documented. Even a medical school, uh, they actually had a parapsychology department and they did an investigation. And that poltergeist manifested itself and destroyed all of the property while they were doing the investigation. Oh, wow. Yeah. But, you know, I, I hear you, Aurora, the, the worst story ever uh, it's probably just a Hollywood drama, but you know nonetheless you know it's it's supposed to be an alleged true story that she's still experiencing these things i just I can't fathom in my mind a person going through a poltergeist haunting, and for me that's not a poltergeist haunting that seems to be demonic sexually assaulting you i mean and and hurting you I, I I don't know I don't think that poltergeist can be that physically damaging to a human being unless it's something other than a poltergeist well
1: you know uh... Poltergeists, I feel I feel like they they're, they vary depending on the type of energy and thoughts that you put into it. You know, if if you're putting forth a lot of energy and you're a person who tends to have violent thoughts, yeah, uh, you know, maybe that will affect it. Maybe that will cause that yeah. entity, that poltergeist, to become physically violent towards you or towards your family, because you know, again thoughts are energy I guess you could say you know thoughts yeah. are you know they' they they're, I don't know how to really word this but you know it's intent you know and if you yeah. out negative intentions whether that be violent intentions or otherwise I feel like that's going to feed that and kind of shape that entity to become violent or I agree. depending on any other you know thoughts you may be having may have it do otherwise you know um but you know that's my thoughts on it um I, i've worked a few poltergeist case or negative manifestations or negative self-manifestations <laughs> that's what i like to call them but um you know i just haven't worked enough of them to really say for sure you know on my thoughts of them you know yeah and and and,
0: means- and and if and if dalton and i are are kind of unsure of what these people of what these things are then that should tell you that you probably you should probably not hire ghost hunters to try to get rid of this problem. You know, it's,
1: yeah, they certainly don't
0: know. <laughs> they certainly they, they certainly don't know. I mean, lots of
1: luck if they actually fix it. Um, but well, you know, I think if they
0: fix it, that's great. You know what I mean? But you know, they will probably end up fixing it by taking it home with them. <laughs> yeah. Well,
1: you know, um, we're we're not we're not experts. We don't know everything. No, we're, we're not an expert. In a field, you have to know everything there is to know about said field. Now, a lot of people say there are no professionals in the paranormal field. Well, professional can mean a couple things. Professional can mean that you are in a profession for which pays you and you're an expert in that field. Or professional can mean how you present yourself. You know, how do you carry yourself? How do you talk to other people? How do you deal with other people? You know. How do you help them? Do you carry yourself in a professional manner? And, and that's what I consider myself. I do consider myself a paranormal professional in that aspect.
0: You know, yeah. I don't know
1: everything that there is to know.
0: No, Nobody neither does. do I. And no, anybody neither anybody do I. Knows,
1: they're a damn liar.
0: Yeah. But because because even then, with my experience, you know, I'm you know, not trying to throw my degree out there, but it took me de- nearly damn twelve years to get you know my uh, my divinity degree, and that's just delving in different religions and different topics and even then i still don't know everything you know it's the, the eukumenisms and 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 you know there's all of these different things and these correlations and these similarities between different religious uh, belief systems and then not only do we go to, into the theology now we have to go to the spiritual practice of it you know how does the spiritual practice sign into the theology it's a lot you know so yeah. but yeah uh, I, I do know that uh, let's see uh, nicole Nicole said Ouija boards, right? <clears throat> so messing with Ouija boards, would it start a haunting? What are your guys' thoughts? I, You know, for me, I, I ill-advise uh, staying away from the Ouija board if you don't know what you're doing, okay? Um, but, you know, we live in a country where you're going to be seven, you can be 10 years old and buy a Ouija board and wait till you're 21 to drink. So that should tell you something. Yeah. <laughs> well, you
1: know, in, in, in my mind, you know, or can, can Ouija be, With well, goodness, Ouija boards be used for negative intent? Well, yeah. Can they open doors? Well, yeah, but so can a spirit box.
0: Yeah, so can, so can an EVP.
1: Yeah. Yeah, any, any type of communication with the other side can form a portal. It is direct communication, no matter how you look at it. A Ouija board is no different than a spirit box because you are using that tool to make contact. And that's exactly what it is. Is It, it is a tool. To communicate with the other side, whether that tool is used to communicate with earthbound spirits or demonic entities. You know, sometimes you just don't know which one you're communicating with. So, yes, it can open portals. Yes, it can be dangerous, but so can any of the other tools in paranormal investigations. Oh, I I do want to ask you a question real quick here, Kenneth. Um, And then I'd also like to add something else before we run out of time, because I do feel it's very important. Um, First and foremost, so you have a degree now in— Uh divinity, correct?
0: Correct, yes.
1: So that makes you a doctor of divinity? Yes. But you're also a father. Yes. So should I call you father doctor or doctor father?
0: You could just call me Ken Bro. The titles mean (laughs) nothing just the titles mean nothing to me, man. You know, it was it was something that even then it was it was really hard for me to even publicize because it's been so hard and it works. It's been so long, man, you know, with, with you know, my other degrees and 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 doing my freaking seminary school these past two years and my formation orientation and doing oral board interviews and, and getting all this the basic stuff that I needed. So you can just call me Ken, bro. I mean, Dr. Divinity is just my title. I use it for my website. But yeah. I mean, you can just call me Ken, Father, Archbishop, asshole, whatever you want. I don't care. I <laughs> just go with Ken. <laughs> uh,
1: well, uh, you know, I, I do want to say something else here real quick. You know, obviously, we we've talked about some of the bad people. in the paranormal field and we've talked about people who are overly dramatic and whatnot just some of the worst people in the paranormal field Uh, of course there's so many more but you know i would like to talk about a couple of some of the amazing people that i've met and that have been with me through my journey for a long time you know obviously i love everybody at the warren legacy foundation i love my team members for my own personal team um but aside from people in my own personal team, uh, there are two people in particular that have been with me on my journey um, since I was pretty much 15. Uh, that is Michelle Millions and Mike Rushner.
0: Oh, um, Michelle Millions, she is she is such a sweetheart. I love talking yeah, to her. You is. know, and if we're gonna be doing that, man, I, I I will say I will say, you brother, you're one of uh, my go-to guys. You're my little big brother. I mean, I, I love talking to you. That's, you know, obviously you're on the show with me because we have a we have a chemistry. I mean, everybody in the Warren Legacy Foundation, you know, uh, great people as well, like Tiffany, Keith, Sarah, my team, Stephanie Treadway, all of the people that I work with every day. Um, you know, Aaron Sandberg. I mean, honestly, the people that I have on my Facebook uh, friends, I really am guarded on how, uh, you know, and who I pick. So everyone that's on my Facebook, that's part of the paranormal field, you know, um, with the exception of few uh most of them uh you guys are really good people and thank you to the support and all that stuff uh but i will ask this question from the king final question tonight mm-hmm. are there instructions for the ouija board yeah don't mess with it
1: <laughs> uh, you know there, there actually are instructions on the back i believe yeah of box not the actual board but um yeah. I, I, I don't remember it word for word, but I can kind of give you the gist of it. Um, and it does directly tell you to that you need at least two people, um, on the box it says yeah. two to six players, um, or two to four. Um, and then it says, focus your intent, focus your energy. And yeah. when the time is right, ask the, um, mysterious spirits or mysterious, whatever, mysterious, mysterious Oracle, you know, your yeah. questions or whatever. Um, yeah. And wait for a response.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh,
1: There are instructions. There are instructions. And uh, I think, Ken, it's actually six years old
0: that you can play the Ouija board. Oh, damn. Six years old. Or maybe ten.
1: I don't know. It's six or seven or ten. It's one of those. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, And so there's – well, we got time because I don't think there's anybody coming in after us. So the word that people are putting in the comments box, the Z-O-Z-O, I will not mention this name because mentioning its name will bring it to manifestation. I have personally dealt uh, with this demonic entity. Uh, this demonic entity also has different names, which I will not mention. So also just be careful when you put these names out there. And I try not to say the names. So. Because as an exorcist, I have to keep myself guarded because I'm always in a constant spiritual battle. Every day for me, it's, it's a spiritual battle. I have to pray, I have to fast. You know, I do the rosary. Even providing chaplaincy services, so it's always a spiritual battle. So I try to be, I I, I, I try to be cognizant of the names that I put and say. But for all intents and purposes, let's just say this name in the chat box—it's just a made-up name, and we'll keep it up.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, you know, for me, um, you know, I'm sure you're going to completely disagree with me on this, but you know, I think it's all about the intent that you have when you say it. You know, yeah, uh, everything be. is all about intent. You know, are you in, in, intending to give it power? Are you making a joke of it? You know, yeah, I, yeah. I'm not one fearful to say the name of a demonic entity. I'm not, I never have. Yeah. Um, and I, I've never had an issue. Now, that's not to say that I'm completely wrong and I won't have issues, you know, 20 years from now, and yeah. I might. But, yeah. you know, I just, in, in my personal belief, I don't feel that just by saying the name that you're oh. somehow going to come under a demonic oppression.
0: Or- well, I completely, I, I completely agree with you on that aspect. You know, but I, I do want to just let the audience know that sometimes calling these names, depending where you're at in state of mind and, and, and state of soul, you know, calling these names out or even saying these names can potentially lead into some type of attack. It's it's uncommon. It's uncommon. It doesn't happen very often. Demonic possession exorcism is really, really rare. But from my experiences, you know, being in a supernatural realm, uh, especially in a different, you know, because I combat evil in different ways. Some people are psychics, empaths, mediums, uh, uh, all the other good stuff. You know, I don't have those those abilities. So I still have to guard myself because for me, it's a constant daily sh- struggle because every day I'm actually open to the spiritual world in the sense that I am dealing with a lot of people who are going through a lot of negative and spiritual emotions. So I just try to be careful. But I agree with you. Yeah, I mean, that's not necessarily saying it's going to, you know, cause you to start spitting pea soup. But just be cognizant, you know, if you're out there. And depending what state of mind you're in, I mean, there's always a potential that something can happen. That's all.
1: Well, you know, I I, I think maybe – and again, this goes back to intent, you know, and – How do I how do I word this? Um, you know, uh, again, if you're saying it with the intent to manifest it,
0: yeah, yeah. You, know,
1: you 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 are giving it energy. You know, don't say Beetlejuice three times, um, kind of thing. Um, but if if you're saying it in a casual conversation or discussing a case amongst you know, yeah, people, whatever, I feel like that's fine. But, yeah, of course. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to say the names of those entities unless I know that everybody I'm speaking to is comfortable with hearing those names because some people aren't. They're very supersti- superstitious. <laughs> yeah. But I know I've said Bloody Mary three times in a mirror and nothing ever freaking happened. Um, yeah. You know, I've said Charlie, Charlie, and nothing ever happened. Beetlejuice, 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 nothing happened, you know. Oh, um, well, same here. But, uh, well, I mean, you know, of I'm just making my I don't know. that aspect. But,
0: <laughs> um, you know, yeah i mean it's all, it's all fun it's all fun it's all about it's all fun and games until you start levitating off the ground you're like holy crap <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so i mean I and, mean,
1: if, if if i could levitate everywhere i went i mean that would be nice but the other side effects from that may not be very favorable yeah pretty um, much you know <laughs> if, if if i could just levitate that would be nice but i'm not gonna want to you know, have levitation powers if that costs me oh, my oh, soul.
0: Oh, oh, Okay, okay, Chris Angel. Jumanji, Jumanji, Jumanji. I got you, Les Paul. All right, guys. All right. I get it. You're making fun of me. Okay, whatever. Maybe the Padre is a little superstitious and that's okay. Yeah, yep,
1: yeah, he is. Uh, He's superstitious. Yeah, a little He's superstitious. Hey, Ken Ken, how tall are you?
0: I am five, seven, 200 pounds of solid muscle, bro. That's what I am. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. You're like what, six one?
1: I'm six four. Two hundred and twenty
0: pounds. Yeah. Well, you know what they say about big guys—they have big socks.
1: So. Yep. Sure
0: <laughs> well, everyone, thank you for tuning in, and I'll let Dalton close out the show.
1: All right, everybody, thank you so much for joining in. It's been a pleasure. I definitely had fun doing the show tonight, and uh, really just kind of—I really want—I don't want to say bashing, but you know, I mean, putting out the names of some of those people who kind of deserve it, honestly i mean yeah. we didn't speak about these people just for the heck of it yeah obviously there was a reason yeah. um but anyway ken and i we hope that you really enjoyed this show and uh we will see you again on the 26th uh yeah two so from now so july 26th
0: yeah and uh, i don't know who our guest is we uh we may have someone famous or it doesn't matter every guest that we bring on is good uh I think Joe Frankie wants to be on the show. Joe Frankie worked with the Warrens directly, so we'll see. We'll see what brings. Uh, we're we're going to be working on some some series as well. We're going to be talking about maybe UFO series and and uh, conspiracy theories. So, but we're just seeing how the how the show goes. And so far, it's been going really well. I think uh, Paranormal King Radio Network has decided to renew our contract. <laughs> so, hey, all hey. right, everyone.
1: We need to get KT
0: on, man. We need to get to KT. Oh, we're going to get KT. KT's going to be on. I love hearing her talk, okay? She's yeah. such a sweet person, but we'll definitely get uh, I'm, KT, I'm,
1: too, not, right? I'm not. I'm not going to have the most sexy accent once she's on.
0: So Hey, 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 hey. Be careful now. <laughs> takes a lot to defend her. Okay, She's supposed to be listening because I told her to listen so she can be a guest next time. So, yeah. <laughs> all right, man. Hey, I'll catch you on the other side. Stay on after the air, brother. All right, good night, everyone. Have a good night. God bless. Good night. Yeah.